Hey y'all, it's your girl Zaria, aka Black Phoebe Hallowell, and I'm back with another podcast. Lord, y'all, I this is <laughs> this is my first podcast after a whole month. I'm so sorry. I really have a real bad problem of discipline and procrastination. It's my weakness and it might be my downfall, but I try my best to defeat it. I try my best to defeat it. And it's also because I work two jobs. Like I've been, you know, busy. In my last podcast, I said that I had a surprise for you guys. So my surprise is I went to New York City for the first time. I've been wanting to go to New York City for a long, long time since I was a child. I always wanted to go and I'm so glad that I got to experience it for the first time. Very happy. I'm just so happy that I was able to experience it. Definitely never going back in the wintertime. Like, I'm never going back in the wintertime. Like, I don't, I really do not understand how East Coasters can do that all the time. I just really don't. It felt like hell on ice. Like, it could, like, I, like, okay, so I could have done, the only thing I could have done better as far as more myself is I should have bought better gloves and some, and some thermal socks, but I was being cheap. But I definitely need some better gloves. If I do go back in the wintertime, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't know, y'all. I, and it was homeless people. I felt so bad for the homeless people. I'm like, oh my God, like, what does homeless people do when it's out here? Like, it's that cold. Like, I just don't understand. Like, what do they do? But it was a good trip. I went for my sister's birthday and I took my coworker with me. My coworker, I bought her ticket and I bought her, uh, like, pay for her Airbnb part. And I, Airbnb part, it was like, let's go. Because I'm really, like, a person that's like, you want to go? Let's go. Like, I'm down. Let's do this. I am that person, but sometimes my depression be defeated me, and I don't want to do it anymore. But I'm like, no, this is a better year. We're going to have the best year we can. I apologize if you hear rain. The weather in Los Angeles has been so, so off. I don't know what's going on. It's so cold. I feel like, I, I feel like I'm still in New York. Like, I'm like, what is going on? I thought I came back to my hometown of sunny California and I came back to more New York. Like, I'm just pissed. The wind is pissing me off. The wind got me cussing at the wind. The wind didn't even do nothing to me. I'm just cussing at it. Like, I feel bad for the wind. But, okay, so update other than that, I'm still, like I said, I'm still working the two jobs. I know you guys can't respond back to me, but I hope that you guys have had a good month. I appreciate anybody who continues to listen and continues to, continues to support me. I really do appreciate that. Um, I'm going to say hi to my haters. Y'all still listening to my podcast? I don't know. Um, I just want to say some things that have been on my, you know, spirit. I had to, I had to go in private on my Twitter because I feel like I just need that peace. Sometimes social media doesn't seem appealing anymore, but I really do want to grow my content and I really do want to continue, you know, growing and continue fighting to get my voice out there and get my voice heard. But some people make it hard. And I spoke about this in my last podcast, but I didn't go into detail. So like I said, I, I stated this in my previous podcast. I had a large following on Twitter, the Bird app. I gained those followers from um, being a One Direction fan, a black One Direction fan. You know, One Direction was a European-based male boy band group. 
they attracted a lot of fans. They were, you know, international and they came to the States and grew a lot of fans in the States. So everybody loved them. And I made an account called Black 1D Fans so that I can find other people like me, you know, who are black and not seen and that they can, you know, like someone who likes One Direction as me, I didn't really have that around me. So I went to a, you know, a black and um, Hispanic school, but not, not a lot of people liked One Duration, but I did find my group that did like One Duration, and I'm happy for them because we're still friends to this day. Very much, very much happy for them. I appreciate them for helping me, you know, get through high school. So, but the reason why I'm bringing up One Duration is because, I, like I said, I gained, I gained that following from that thing, from that band. So after a while, I just continued, like, being a fan. I just, you know, changed my whole, you know, thing on social media in regards to my profile. I had, like, 20,000 followers. At one point, I had 27,000 followers, but Twitter had did this sweep of, like, non-active accounts and just, like, took a whole bunch of accounts down and suspended. So what happened was, I am not innocent. I'm not perfect on social media. I'm not, like... You know, I'm I'm not innocent. I'm a human. I have faults. I am not innocent. I've done things that I'm not proud of. Or I don't know, like, everybody has done stuff in their teenage past and stuff. Like, I think one of the first episodes that I've done on this podcast, I talked about when I lost my virginity. I talked about how I was 18 and stupid, and a guy who was older than me was literally five, six older than five, I think he was six years older than me. He's now like 31, 32. I'm 25, turning 26. He was older, way older than me. He was the age that I am at now. And I can't even think about messing with no 18-year-old. Like, they're not on the same mind level as me in maturity. They're not even in the same, like, mindset. They're just fresh out of high school. I'm over here paying bills. Like, I feel like I got it. I feel like I got a 4-1, okay, like, 4-1, okay, like, retirement. Like, I feel like I, I feel like my life is about to end. I feel like I got to hurry up. Like, I'm about to turn 30 soon. And in four years, I'm turning 30. So, <laughs> but I talked about the Virginia story. And I said that I put it on social media. And everybody has an opinion about it. And those certain people who followed me during that time still follow me to this day. And despite not liking me over that situation, and it's like, why do you still follow me? You don't like me. What's the point of following me if you don't like me? And I never on here admitted to this harassing a whole bunch of women. I don't know where they're coming up. They think they got tea, but they don't have tea. Unless these people who are... Okay, so I have a new Twitter. I don't, like, even post them. I don't even got that many followers, but I still be getting these hate accounts. And throughout the years, I always had these hate accounts. But I've never like had a consistent pattern of what they're accusing me of they're saying that I get mad at the woman for like say I'm like in a side chick situation they say I get mad at the woman I'm like that has happened like one time in my entire life which I was 18 like I mean there has been other situations with other women like what I just stated you know previously but like that was like the one time that y'all even know about other stuff y'all don't even know about after that situation happened on social media with losing my virginity, I stopped talking about my love life. The only thing people saw was me arguing with my over my ex Chris. And that was the only thing people saw. My ex that was super abusive, super crazy. Like that was the only thing people saw. Me, me, him, him, him. You didn't see nothing about no other man. Chris, Chris, Chris. That's all I talked about. That's all I talked about was him. 
So I'm like, I don't know where y'all getting y'all tea from, unless it's an old friend that's, you know, making these hate accounts or whatever, or trying to send the information to these hate accounts. It has to be an old friend or something, because I'm like, y'all don't even know anything. Like, I don't, the only thing I do is post subliminals about a man, be like, oh, I can't stand him. But other than that, nobody knows the tea, so I'm like, I don't know what y'all talking about. I do not have a consistent pattern. I, with that situation of losing my virginity, I already talked about that I was mad at the wrong person, being mad at the woman, but I was 18. I was 18 and manipulated into losing my virginity by an older man. It was not, it was just a lot, you know? I feel like I've grown a lot since that situation. And the most recent situation I've had with the woman-to-woman situation, it, I do not want that man, don't care. I went to high school with him. Didn't really like him in high school. He was not. He wasn't really that friendly to me in high school. He wasn't really a friendly person. So I don't really know. I guess the only reason why something happened with us years later outside of high school is because I heard a little bird yesterday. He got the thing. He got the thing. I was just, you know, it it was it was the Pete Davidson effect. Once you tell everybody the whole world, Ariana Grande told the whole world that Pete Davidson got the big old wanker, and everybody wanted to taste him. That's all I can say about that situation. I didn't. It's not like I wanted that man. That's all I can say. I, I don't know that situation. That's all I can say about that. But I do not go around. Just out here harassing people. I don't know what this. I don't know what people are getting this tea from, but I literally all I do is just work. All I do is work two jobs. I'm always at work. I don't never get no time for nothing else. I literally get no time for nothing else, y'all. So y'all hate me and continue listening to my podcast. Whatever, I'm still getting the views. I just want to address that and talk about that because we're gonna have a good year, you guys. 2023. I feel like this is gonna be the best year for everybody. I just feel it in my spirit. I keep pausing my podcast because these airplanes are so loud. I live down the street from LAX, so it's just so loud, y'all. But I truly, truly, in my spirit, believe this is the best twenty, like twenty twenty three year for everybody. Like my friend finally has her car. She has a good job. She has her own place. Her mom just got a brand new house. Like I just feel so good for everybody. We're already talking about our next travel plans. I feel good about this year. I'm gonna continue to be positive and stay positive. I just feel like it's a good year. I don't know. This is the year of traveling, and I feel good. So anyway, you guys, just that brief little introduction or whatever, this little update on stuff. So you guys, so you already know this season is about true crime. And I really told y'all a lot that I don't really like to stray away from true crime because it's oversaturated. But this certain serial killer or serial killers really stuck out when I read about it when I was a child. I was up late reading about this serial killer and I just couldn't fathom like I couldn't even think about like I was like how dare like him like oh it was honestly one of the most like grisly like cases I ever read about and I probably had a nightmare and probably didn't go to bed for like two days after that I just don't remember but like I just know I remember being very disgusted by this case because we're gonna talk about Paul Bernardo today you guys and Carla Homaka, I think that's how you pronounce it, his wife. They're known as the Barbie and Ken killers, which I don't understand. Everybody don't understand because they were not attractive at all. I'm sorry. They were not attractive. Just because you blonde with color eyes don't mean you're attractive. They are 
they had the Ted Bundy effect, I guess. People say Ted Bundy was attractive. I can honestly, I can see people saying Ted Bundy attractive more than I can see Paul Bernardo. He was they no, like no, respectfully. But anyway, let's get into it, guys. Paul Kenneth Bernardo is a Canadian serial killer and serial killer dubbed the Scorp sorry Scar Scarborough rapist and the schoolgirl killer, together with his former wife former wife. <laughs> Carla Hamaka, one of the Ken and Barbie killers. Sorry, y'all. Those those words is a little choking me. Hold on. It feels like I'm like congested right now. Anyway, let me repeat that. Lore. I said dub the Scarborough rapist, the schoolgirl killer, and together with his former wife, Carla Hamaka, one of the Ken and Barbie killers. So Paul Bernardo started off just being a serial raper. I said raper. That sounds crazy. Serial rapist. And he was just going around attacking women, like, preying on them. Like, if they get off the bus, like, late at night, he'll or attack them from behind, pull behind a bush. Or he'll just, like, see a woman alone walking through the park, and he'll attack them. It says, between 1987 and 1990, Paul Bernardo committed increasingly vicious serial rapes in and out in and around Scarborough. He attacked most of his victims after stalking them after they got off the bus late. Known incidents are May 4th, 1987, the rape of a 21-year-old Scarborough woman in front of her parents' house after Barnardo followed her home. He was wild. May 14th is 10 days later, rape of a 19-year-old woman in the backyard of her parents' home. July 17, 1987, attempted rape of a young woman. Although he beat the victim, Bernardo abandoned the attack when she fought back. September 29, 1987, an attempted rape of a 15-year-old girl. Bernardo broke into the victim's house and into her bedroom. He jumped on her back, put his hand over her mouth, threatened her with a knife, and bruised the side of her face and bit her ear. Bernardo fled when the victim's mother entered the room and screamed. Anthony Haymeyer was wrongly convicted in the assault in 1989 and served the 17-month prison sentence, but was exonerated after Bernardo admitted to the crime in 2006. Wow, I didn't even know that. I did not know somebody else served a crime for his... Served, served time for his crime. Wow, I did not know that. It said, December 16, 1987, the rape of a 15-year-old girl. The next day, the Toronto Police Service issued a warning to women in Scarborough traveling alone at night, especially those riding buses. December 23rd, sorry, December 23rd, 1987, the rape of a 17-year-old girl with a knife. He began to threaten his victims. At this point, he began to be known as the Scarborough Rapist. So, at first, before getting with Kamala, I said Kamala! Oh, I said Kamala, Lord, y'all. Carla. <laughs> Carla. Oh, my God, I'm dead. Carla Hamaka. He was attacking women at first, and he was known as the Scarborough Rapist. My apologies. I said Kamala. You see that, that lady on my head right now? Kamala. So the attacks continued. So until say May 26, 1990, the rape of a 19-year-old woman, the woman's vivid recollection of her attacker enabled the police to create a composite portrait, which was released two days later by police and publicized in Toronto and surrounding areas. 
So this woman being able to get a good look at Paul Bernardo's face, they were able to put out a police sketch of him. So his friend saw that and was like, mm, this look too. And when you look at the sketch, she described him to a T, like even down to his nose, nostrils, the way his nostrils curved. It was crazy. It was, I don't get how he got away with that. But they said that the DNA, DNA system was so, you know, backfiled because when his friends snitched, not snitched, but when his friends called in was like, I think he's the rapist. Paul Bernardo was called in and he willingly gave up his DNA. I, I'm trying to understand why he willingly gave up his DNA. He probably thought that he can get away with it. He's blonde, he blue hair. They say he attractive. I don't know. Maybe he thought he had the Ted Bundy effect and he was going to get away with it. They had, they had his DNA on file. So, so in October 1987, Bernardo met Car Carla Hamaka while she was visiting Scarborough to attend a pet store conference. The two shared an immediate attraction as Hamaka encouraged Bernardo's sadistic sexual behavior. Now, let's get Carla Hamaka is a Canadian serial killer. Hamaka seemed like a normal child, pretty, popular, and loved by everybody else. Again, with the pretty, y'all, they, they, they using this word a little too loosely, a little too loosely. She loved animals and worked at a vet's office. When she was 17, this passion for animals led her to a pet convention, like what I just said, where she met Paul Bernardo, then 23. The two connected immediately and shared their passion for sexual acts with Hamaka willingly acting submissive to Bernardo. So, so it says, by 1990, Bernardo had lost his job as an accountant and was smuggling cigarettes across nearby Canada-United States border. He spent long periods of time with Hamaka's family who liked him and was unaware of his criminal activity. Although he was engaged to Carla, he had became obsessed with her younger sister, Tammy, peering into her window and entering her room to masturbate while she slept. Carla helped Bernardo by breaking the window in her sister's room and allowing him act. This is where I, when I was a child, what got me messed up. I just couldn't understand this. You don't, I don't understand how this woman is out walking and able to be free when she did this to her own blood sister no i feel like no battered woman i don't matter what kind of stockholm syndrome you're on you're gonna do that to your sister like right here six months before their 1991 wedding Star carla stole an aesthetic <clears throat> As, that word we meant on december 23rd 1990 carla and bernardo administered sleeping pills to 15 year old tammy in a rum and eggnog cocktail when tammy lost consciousness carla and bernardo undressed her and carla applied a soap cloth to her sister's nose and mouth carla wanted to give tammy's virginity to bernardo for christmas according to her you you see y'all like she willingly did this she was I. They need me. They need me in the court. I'm like she did it, y'all. She did it. <laughs> when Tammy's parents were sleeping upstairs, the video, the couple videotaped themselves sexually assaulting Tammy in the basement. Tammy began to vomit, and they tried to revive her and called 911 after hiding evidence, dressing Tammy and moving her into the bedroom. See, no, I remember reading this as a child, and I was so dis I was so disgusted. I was so distraught. Like, I just couldn't, I, I just couldn't understand and wrap my head around it. 
Like, why would you do that to your own sister? So they also, well, Paul Bernardo kidnapped this lady named, well, sorry, she was a 15-year-old girl, uh, Leslie Mahaffey, if I pronounced that right, my apology. Early in the morning on June 15, 1991, while detouring through Burlington to steal license plate, Bernardo came across 14-year-old Leslie Mahaffey, and Mahaffey had been locked out of her house for missed curfew after attending a friend's wake. Bernardo left his car and approached Mahaffey saying that he wanted to break into a neighbor's house. Unfazed, she asked if he had any secret. That's what got me when I was younger. She was, I guess she was in her rebel phase. When I read that when I was younger, I was like, girl, run, like, run. Oh my God. When Bernardo led her to his car, he blindfolded her. He forced her into the car and drove her to Port Dow, Dalhousie and informed Hamaka that they had been, that they had a victim. Bernardo and Hamaka videotaped themselves torturing and sexually abusing Mahaffey while they were, while they listened to pop music. At one point, Bernardo said, you're doing a good job, Leslie, a damn good job. The next two are going to determine what I do with you. Right now, you're doing perfect. Very sick. On one other segment of the tape played at Bernardo's trial, the assault escalated. Mahaffey cried out in pain and begged Bernardo to stop. In the crown description of the scene, he was sodomizing her where her hands were bound with twine. Wow. When I when I tell y'all I read this when I was young, I was so disgusted. It was really a lot to handle that I just don't get how Carla is walking freely just because he took a plea deal. And some people will agree that she just, she served her time and that, she did her time. No, I don't agree. She should be in prison just like him. Like she willingly did that. Says Mahaffey had later told Bernardo that her blindfold seemed to be slipping, which signaled the possibility that she could identify her attacker as she lived. To say so, Hamaka claimed that Bernardo strangled her. They put Mahaffey's body in their basement the day before Hamaka's family had dinner at the house. Sickos. The next victim, Kristen French. During the after-school hours of April 16, 1992, Bernardo and Hamaka drove through St. Catharines to look for potential victims. Although students were still going home, the streets were genuinely empty. As they passed Holy Cross Secondary, Secondary School, the couple spotted 15-year-old Kristen French walking home. After they pulled into a parking lot of nearby Grace Lutheran Church, Hamaka got out of the uh, car carrying a map pretending to need assistance. When French looked at the map, Bernardo attacked her from behind and forced her into the front seat of the car at night, got, <clears throat> night point. From the back seat, Hamaka subdued French by pulling her hair. So finally, them getting arrested. So... They already had identified Paul. So it was two years later when they finally matched the DNA that Paul Bernardo had given them earlier to him being the Scarborough rapist. Minus two years DNA. They say DNA was that back foul, but I don't know. I don't know. 20, 26 months after Bernardo submitted a DNA sample, Toronto police were informed that it matched that of the Scarborough rapist and immediately placed him under 24-hour surveillance. Metro Toronto Sexual Assault Squad investigated inter interview Hamako on February 9, 1993. Despite hearing their suspicion about Bernardo, she focused on his abuse of her. She used the battered wife 
syndrome. Later that night, Hamaka told her aunt and uncle that Bernardo was the Scarborough rapist and that she and Bernardo were involved in the rape and murder of Mahaffey and Rich and <laughs> Fritz in the rapes were re recorded on videotape. That's crazy. On February 17, detectives arrested Bernardo on several charges and obtained a search warrant. Because his link to the murders were weak, the warrant was limited. No evidence which was not expected and document in the warrant could be removed from his property. All videotapes by, found by police had to be viewed in the house. Damage to, had to be kept to a minimum, and police could not tear down walls looking for tapes. The search of the house, including updated warrants, late, lasted 71 days, and the tape only tape found by police had a brief segment of Hamaka performing oral sex on Jane Doe. During a call from Joe, Bernardo told his lawyer, Ken Murray, that the rape videos were hiding in the ceiling, light fixture, in the upstairs bathroom. Murray found the tapes and hid them from the investigators. And after Murray re resigned as Bernardo's new lawyer, his new attorney, John Rosen, turned the tapes over to the police. As on May 5th, Walker was informed that the government was offering Hamaka a plea deal of 12 years imprisonment, which she had one week to accept. So y'all see, she went with the plea deal and said that she was forced to do these crimes and just said she had no control over what she was doing, which is BS. I was, you know, watching the documentary and I was watching some YouTube videos and she now free years later, she got free 2005 from her 12 year imprisonment. She has kids now. She volunteers at school. One of the schools she volunteers at says they were aware of her past and that she's never alone, like kept like alone with the student. I'm like, what? That don't... That don't make no sense to me. Like, she's allowed to just get away with these things. I've been reading about this case for years, and nobody can understand how she got away with it. It's just, I don't know, the justice system is very, very flawed, and it's not up to par. Said Bernardo was tried for the murders of French and Mahaffey in 1995, and his trial was including detailed testimony from Hamaka in the videotape of the rape. Bernardo testified that the deaths were accidental and later claimed that Hamaka was the actual killer. That He tried it. But she got off, you guys, because she did a plea deal. He has been trying to get parole since he's been in prison. Uh, it says on February 21st, 2006, the Toronto Star reported that the Bernardo had admitted sexually assaulted at least 10 other women to attack. So that's 29 women because they already have 19. That's 29 women. He is the psychopath and needs to be staying needs to stay in prison. It says in 2015, Bernardo self-publicized a self-published a Mad World Orders, a violent fictional 631-page ebook on Amazon. By November 15, the book was reportedly an Amazon bestseller, but was removed from the website due to public outcry. That's crazy. And then it says Bernardo be became eligible for parole in February 2018 on October 17 of that year. He was denied and he was denied day in full parole by the Parole Board of Canada. His next parole hearing took place on June 2021. It took one hour of deliberation by the preceding judge for his application to be turned down. Damn. 
respectfully, there's no coming back for that. Like, he definitely don't deserve to be parole. He definitely has a problem, and <laughs> he really has a problem. He wouldn't be able to be in public with those urges. He definitely would commit the crime again if they took him out parole. But like I said, I've been reading about this case for a while, and I was just like, this really amazes me that she got off. It's just like, it's just like Casey Anthony getting off, and it's just like the person who killed Trayvon Martin getting off. You know, just like the, the public system, the justice system is like really flawed. Everything about it needs to be dismantled. It just needs to be, it, everything needs to be just turned out and then we need to do it over again because justice system is a joke. The fact that she even got away with that. I'm, I don't think I agree with plea deals at all. I don't, it just, I don't feel like it's, I personally don't feel like it's like normal or it doesn't, it doesn't help at all. It doesn't, you know, just because they confess doesn't mean that they deserve to be out. So I don't know. But yeah, anyways, guys, I'm going to go ahead and end this podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to continue listening, please subscribe. I also have a YouTube channel. Please subscribe to that YouTube channel. I need to start putting more content on my YouTube channel and 